here's Matt Mosley. Ah, uh, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Now joined by Mike Sando from The Athletic, my old friend back from my ESPN days. Mike, uh, you had a busy, busy schedule yesterday and today. Thank you for uh, thank you for working us in. I mean, my gosh, you had like seventeen interviews yesterday. This uh, this quarterback tier column, everybody looks forward to this. Comes out kind of late July, early August every year. Now, how long? Uh, and Mike, by the way, thanks uh, thanks for doing this. Welcome back to the show. Oh, it's great to be reunited, Matt. For people who don't know, Matt Mosley and I were first-round draft picks of ESPN back in the day when they were starting up the uh, the what became the Divisional Blog Network and later NFL Nation, where there's a person covering every team. Matt Mosley and I were there, what, in 07? Did you start in 06? Yeah, after the 06 season, somewhere around there. Yeah. I was at the that Same. Super Bowl. Same, yeah. So we, we started out early. In fact, the other day, uh, I was out at CX today, ran into Dan Graziano. We worked with Dan over there, too, at ESPN when he was doing, was Dan doing the, or did Dan replace you, or did Dan, how did uh-huh. that work? After, uh, I think he was, uh, he was doing that oh, NFC East subject. blog, gosh, you know, I after, but that up. it took, uh, yeah, exactly, it took 32 people <laughs> to replace the two of us, all right? So right. those folks do not understand what we were going through back in the day. Um, and I, I still, I still, one of our, you know, John Banks, I still see him on Twitter and he, I think he still says a lot of kind things about me on Twitter, just trying to make up for all those years. Oh, that's hilarious. We, we, we had some fun times. Now, how long, how long, how long do you work on this? Cause this, there's a lot involved, 50 NFL coaches and executives and you grant them anonymity now, I'm sure some of these people you've known for years, and maybe you do you go back, do you try to churn it through and get a lot of new uh, voices each year? Uh, how long does this process take? Yeah. So I never start until after the draft because I think you need to know um, the quarterback situations for each team. You have to kind of know which – there's no rookies in, the, in this because, I mean, my gosh, you know, it's very hard to project from college to pros. It's – there's enough debate when they've already played in the NFL. So you need to really see the situations and know, okay, uh, the commanders are probably going to go with Sam Howell, right? So just to know who to put in it and and to be able to ha- ask people and have them size up the situation in total. So I start after the draft, and then my goal is to get all the 50 ballots before I go on vacation, which is usually, you know, middle of June, somewhere around there. And I – I probably had all but a couple. There's like, by that point, I have a handful of people I know I can get, so I'm not really worried about it, right? And I I get them, and then, you know, have a lot of conversations with them, and and then I'll probably, you know, go on vacation and, until training camps get going. But this, by the end of that, I'm kind of, you know, starting to write it and get it together and, and and all of that. So there's I should look and see how many people have been in it every year. I'm sure there's been a few, but there's there's a decent amount of turnover and new people. And then, you know, some people that I've known a long time and those relationships are critical for being able to have, you know, the really uh, uh, good conversations where you get the honest opinions of people. Yeah. And we love those. It goes back to the SI days. You know, you would have those previews and hear from the scouts and everything. And those are, those are always fun. Oh, now, yeah. Justin Herbert almost fell out of tier one, even though he just got paid a huge amount of money, and, and and I guess there was a bit of regression 
from him last season. Was that, um, I think you said seven fewer votes in that uh, Tier 1. Did he come close to falling down to Tier 2? How close how close was yeah, that? I think he had about I think he had about eight votes to spare. So you know it could he could have gone into the top of tier two, and that probably would have been, you know, okay. I think the criticism of him from afar is, hey, where's the team success, right? If you're a top quarterback, drive the team success. Look at all these other guys uh, in tier one, and I think that's fair to an extent. But if you look at if you look at the Chargers, whatever, they're 19 and 15 over the last two years. Uh, they're bottom five in, in, you know, statistically defense special teams. And all of the other teams that are down there in the bottom five are not, they got bad records. They're, they're losing a lot. I think their combined record's 51, 84, and 1, right? So if you look at the Chargers, it's not their defense. It's not their run game. It's not their amazing scheming. They shoot, they fired their coordinator, hired a guy you've heard of, Kellen Moore to try to get that right. So it's probably has a lot to do with Justin Herbert, just kind of keeping him relevant. And, you know, we'll see. I think at a certain point you need to probably win more than he has, but everyone who plays him comes away kind of wowed. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Now they're not always wowed by Dak. They, they love Dak's yeah. leadership and that kind of thing. But one of the quotes to you was, Quote, he always falls short in the end. Who does that sound like? I mean, that sounds like other Cowboys quarterbacks. It sounds like Tony Romo back in the day. I mean, it's probably about when you started doing these tiers. Romo would finish probably a little higher than Dak just because of the great production that he had. But, I mean, there's some similarities in the in the tremendous numbers that they put up. Uh, the offense is in, in, in now, of course, McCarthy is taking over the play calling. But it's like... I think people love Dak, the leader, but they still don't know quite what to make of him as, like, is he a truly elite quarterback or not? And it seems like in your he tiers, hurts. you always kind of have him on that edge. Uh, I think you said he's always been fourth consecutive season, ranking between ninth and twelfth. So he's not really moving much either way, is he? No, and it's probably just the guys around him, you know, Brady retires, so you move up one or whatever, right? I mean, it's not like he's moving. It's the other things around him move, and he stays in this very tight range where you're you're happy to have him. You think he's a good quarterback. Um, he doesn't have, like, fatal flaws, but you sort of wish and wonder why he hasn't been able to elevate them even more. Now, their record the last couple of years is really good. Um, last year they had a good defense and didn't go probably as far – as they needed to in the playoffs to change a little bit of the narrative. I think some of these things are interesting, like just organizationally. We were talking about Herbert. I mean, there's a reason Eli Manning refused to go there. There's a reason why Philip Rivers was potentially a Hall of Famer, but they he didn't push deep a lot in the playoffs either. And the Cowboys, of course, have their own things organizationally with Jerry Jones' involvement and always having a, to comment on everything that makes it harder to coach and lead the team. Uh, the the paying of players and sticking with them and almost justifying the the payments to some of his guys and that sort of stuff. So you can't just say it's been a perfect situation for him in Dallas, but it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. The talent's been good, and they've had a good record. They win. But until you really get over the hump and push deeper in the playoffs, I think it's harder to change the perception that something's missing, that you need a little bit more around you. 
Yeah, and is that Mike McCarthy? Is a little more around you a guy that's a play caller? They've added juice at receiver. Uh, you know, I think that's that's going to help him a little bit, but we, we'll see. One of the I comments agree. was, um, he said, a slight nudge up in decision-making and just passing talent, arm talent, would go a long way for him. Like, I, that's not yeah. something he's going to, in the offseason, like, oh, man, Dak's got more arm talent now. I mean, there's only so right. many things you can do, and maybe more of this West Coast. You got Brian Brian Schottenheimer more involved, McCarthy. But boy, you're you can't blame. They're losing people to blame because it's McCarthy no, no. is now going back to the play caller. And uh, boy, you should have seen him out there, Mike. I just got back from Oxnard. He was a kid in a candy shop. I mean, he McCarthy never left the side of the quarterbacks. I mean, it wasn't even just oh, like he was the, loving it. It was more like he was a quarterback's coach. I mean, and, and, he, so, and he's not hiding the fact he's not going to spend any time in the defensive meetings because, of course, they have Dan Quinn, oh. who's kind of like a, his own head coach. Oh, for two years or three years, everyone's wondered, what does he actually do, you know? <laughs> and so it had to be killing him to not be involved. I remember I was covering the Seahawks as a beat reporter when Mike McCarthy was hired by the Packers, and Matt Hasselbeck was someone I was pretty close to, and he, I remember hearing the locker room going, hey, I asked about McCarthy because he'd been with them, and he goes, oh, he's amazing. He's great with quarterbacks. And then by the end of the run with Aaron Rodgers, you know, their offense wasn't doing as well. McCarthy was, you know, criticized, and he sort of lost some of his luster. And now that uh, Kellen Moore left, I think there's a certainly in media, it seems like there's a heavy strain of, oh, shoot, they have to go back to McCarthy. They're losing Kellen Moore. That's going to hurt them. But I had an interesting conversation on the football GM podcast that I'll plug here that I do on The Athletic with Randy Mueller. And Randy, you know, three-time GM, I think he was with McCarthy at some place in New Orleans maybe. But he, Randy's very honest about these things. He's not looking to, you know, get a job with anybody at this stage and, and he thought that this move would be good for Dak because it would uh, create some clarity, that things would just be a little bit more straightforward, that direct line from the head coach, you know, the head coach's vision. There's going to be no uh, gray area. So I don't know. You know, I, I went back and watched all of the interceptions. I mean, I mean, some of them were terrible and some of them were just kind of fluky and I didn't, wasn't sure what to make of them. I don't think he's suddenly a double the interception rate guy from now forward. Right? I mean, can't he have an efficient season? I think I think he could. And uh, I think he started out so great, he's even admitted he thought it was easy. And then he gets hit like a ton of bricks. I mean, 2016, he was great. Zeke was great. Then Zeke holds out, jumps in front of him with the money, and, uh, and the rest is history. And suddenly, that was weird to be out there with no Zeke, by the way, Mike. Just walking around. I mean, that guy... He was a huge leader for the team. And even though he, his production went down, they still – and you can't do that with running backs anymore, can you? You can't – with quarterbacks, you can say he's a great leader. We can keep him around a little bit longer. With running backs, you can't keep them around for their leadership. Like if their and production you falls, yeah. you've got to get rid of them. And it's hard to pay both of those positions, you know. I mean, I always thought that was that was sort of the downside of Jerry to me, you know, just going overboard with it. But other teams have done it. I mean, certainly the Rams did it with Gurley. Um, one of the comments, I don't think I put this one in there. I just kind of called up my file of what people said about Dak, and I don't know that I used this one, but um, somebody had just said, hey, if you look to the past few years, the Cowboys kind of win when they run the ball well. And with Zeke moving on, there could be an element in the run game that sort of remains to be seen, even though he wasn't, you know, having 2,000-yard seasons. Um, 
and even though people are excited about t- Tony Pollard, who gives you the big play element, but some of that just between the tackle stuff may have to be manufactured without Zeke Elliott, and that could be something that Dak Prescott misses a little bit. So I don't know how you can prove that. It was it was just sort of a a thought that somebody had who's familiar with the Cowboys who who has played them. I like your secret files, Mike Sando's secret files from The Athletic. I, I'd like to think you only reserve those for the Mosley show. It's kind of like I'll share with Rosillo and some of these others. I'll reserve. give the Yeah, yeah. Private this, reserve. Yeah. Kind of private reserve. I, <laughs> we'll have the good stuff for Mosley. Oh, man, the memories come flooding back of all those, uh, all those <laughs> times uh, we had together. I never complained about anything, you'll, as you'll recall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, yeah, we had to get a second complaint box for Mosley. Uh, my God. <laughs> Our old bosses are all gone, by the way. Did you notice that? It's like, uh, I mean, sadly, a lot of people are having to move on, but uh, quite a few of our bosses have, uh, have had to uh, move on. Um, this Brock Purdy one is interesting to me. Because I kind of had the same thought as one of these people that, that you quoted anonymously. So when I looked at him, I thought he was a four. But when you watch the kid play, he's an absolute gamer. He has the intangibles, yeah. the moxie, the want to, the leadership. I mean, it's kind of hard to put a guy tier four who gets him that far and has that kind of run. Um, I, I don't know if you got any pushback or anything on that. I guess yeah. you can only go on what you see. And I know when he took over and everything, but uh, it, it, it feels a little low for someone who yeah. who won all those games. So, you know, yeah, I, I had this conversation with San Francisco Radio. They had me on the ropes. I mean, the guys were tagging in. You know, I, I was getting elbows dropped on me, you know, pile drivers, the whole thing. But uh, so here's how this kind of works. So if you look at the definition for Tier 4, it's someone we don't have enough information on or somebody who – is a veteran who's been around a long time, and we just don't think he should start the whole year. So you could have Brock Purdy probably got – so Brock Purdy, let me look here, 50 votes, one vote in Tier 2, somebody who really liked him, 23 in Tier 3, hey, he's a solid starter already, 26 in Tier 4, which doesn't mean they all think he sucks. You know, a bunch of those could be like, look, I mean, the guy started eight games counting playoffs, didn't finish them all. I need to see more before I'm going to put him in a three with – Ryan Tannehill and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Goff and Carr, guys who've played five, ten years, right? So Mm -hmm. that's part of why he's so low. And then the other part is it's not like there's any amazing traits where you go, oh, my gosh, you know, we're playing Purdy this week. You better, you know, the defensive coordinator is going to be up all night trying to figure out how to stop Purdy. No, they're worried about Kyle Shanahan. And that offense that makes it easier for the quarterback takes away a lot of the drop back pass stuff that's harder, a lot of play action. Uh, by the way, they're top five on defense. So if we have to punt this time, who cares? We'll get the ball back. The score will be the same, right? So mm-hmm. that's why he's going to have a harder time getting immediate credit. Yeah. But the same thing with Hurts. I would expect it Hurts to jump into the tier one based on his season. But you're talking to executives that don't overreact. And, and are yeah. still looking at everything involved with him, not just that he had an unbelievable yeah. season. And that's hard for even folks in the media and fans to do, is to look at something, you know, well, yeah. you see him do what he did and go put him in the top tier. There's no way he's not in the top tier. But I guess the folks, you, you know, saw enough 
to to not quite get him in that top tier. Yeah, Jim Irsay is not in the poll, so we don't have any overreactions uh, in this poll. There's a <laughs> there's there's a seven second delay, right? I mean, even even guys who plummet, like they 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 fall, but they don't fall. All, Russell Wilson didn't go all the way to the basement. You know, <laughs> he, he may be headed there, but uh, he takes a hit, and I think that's true for. Uh, we, we've seen, you mentioned Hertz. I'll talk about him, but you know, a couple of years ago, Lamar Jackson's the MVP. He went right to the top of tier two, but people said, you know what? I need to see more. I need to see him do it again. I need to see more of him as a passer. Still not convinced that if the chips are down in the playoffs, he got to throw the ball that they can do it. And he sort of stayed in tier two. Uh, Hertz has a lot of things going right around him. Best offensive line, best receivers, they really schemed it up, used his running, didn't have a lot of, you know, reps in the two minute offense. Do we really know what would have happened if the Eagles got the ball back at the end of the, of the Super Bowl? Remember when there was that penalty? I think this was brought mm-hmm. up. There was that penalty mm-hmm. uh, that allowed the Chiefs to run down the clock. Maybe if there's a two minute drive there and Hertz takes the Eagles down to win the game, I bet you instead of getting 10 tier one votes, maybe he gets. 25, right? And, and he's right there on the edge of Tier 1 where people think he should be. All right, and they took a shot at Dak, somebody, one of your folks. I mean, no, you're not a shot, but in uh, in Jalen Hurts, in his part, I love the fact that Dak comes up. He says, I feel with Hurts like I once did with Dak. Dak probably was a high two somewhere along the way, but overall his career is a three to me. That's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, but really, really, Dak – I yeah, so I did I did think about using that when I used that one, but Dak is like a in the group Dak's a two, but but yeah. look Dak got Dak got thirteen tier three votes, so you know that guy put Dak in tier three and probably has every year. And there are some people I've gone back and forth with people uh, on this because I've kind of felt he's better than that. But there's some people who really hold on to Dak as a three, and then every time they fall short in the playoffs or whatever, they kind of look at me and you know whatever. <laughs> oh mike that was fun uh always love having you on i saw that tears the tears come out and uh i thought it was time to get you back on the mosley show and um and i appreciate it just like old times although i don't think we had oh, podcasts back then i don't know we had they, they 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 sent those kodak cameras to us and of course i couldn't figure that out and i took lots of tongue lashings over not being able to figure that out I think we were supposed to set up a tripod and film ourselves doing things. And as you might have yeah, guessed, yeah. I struggled mightily with that. You probably you probably did great. I still have that. It's a beautiful I, it's a it's a nice little piece of equipment. I have a drawer with all the iterations of those technologies that were sent, you know, over the years. <laughs> uh, hey, we're using this now, we're gonna do that. And now it's great because I just got my MacBook Pro. If we need to, you know, if we need to go do something, it looks like I'm in a studio. <laughs> you know, it's 1080p or whatever. Uh, we got a nice microphone, and that's it. We just go. So appreciate yeah. you having me on. Yeah, somebody t- said Seifert turned 50 the other day. Somebody else's comment was wow. like, "I thought Seifert had been 50 for a while." <laughs> I think we all aged a lot during those years. Okay, I gotta so. say, hey. You know, one of these years, Seifert's going to have a gray hair, wouldn't you think? Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> he started maybe a little bit before us. But uh, anyway, great to visit with you. Always love your pictures of your family, and you got coaching. You're One of your sons is a coach. You've got a really cool family. So always love keeping up with you on Facebook and other ways. Thank you, Mike, for doing this. 
Hey, thank you. Appreciate it, Matt. All right, there he goes. Mike Sando, uh, national NFL writer for The Athletic. Hey, we're going to go 